Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Prep to Pivot. This is your host Ruchira and welcome to our episode on deep diving into business strategy with our expert guest for the day, Mr. Shrey Soni. Shrey graduated from ISB from the batch of 2022. Post ISB, he joined Misho in a business manager role. Before ISB, he was running his own CA firm which he co-founded around 4 years ago. He had also worked with KPMG and DNPC in the M&A space. prior to starting out working on his own apart from work he loves traveling and engaging in adventure sports thank you so much for joining our podcast and getting ready to share your insights with our audience today thank you ruchira i am very excited to be here thank you so let's deep dive straight into the knowledge nugget segment and i'll start off by asking my first question which is that in your professional journey can you walk us through why you decided to leave your own firm and take up a business role at Misho. Sure. So uh, I had co-founded our CA firm with my wife. It's called Sani and Sani Chartered Accountants. We scaled it quite aggressively and it it had become stable much sooner than we had expected. And uh, I had started missing the thrill of exponential growth. On the other hand, I worked with clients across different industries and realized that I am particularly excited about e-commerce space. During our conversations, I would often end up advising on the business front when my mandate involved only financial and tax consultancy the contribution often yielded positive results and was appreciated by clients this gave me both confidence and clarity that i enjoy the business side of things and enjoy it maximum in e-commerce industry therefore we decided that i'll make the transition and my wife could continue with the ca firm but of course i needed to fill fill in some gaps before making that transition isb was a perfect way All right, so I think that gives a lot of clarity into the why behind this uh, this shift that you had. So that brings me to my next question, which is then after running your own CA firm, how did you indicate to your employers that you would be a good fit for the Genman role? As in, what were some of the transferable skills that you had that you could highlight on your resume since you were making a pivot from one kind of an industry to another? Sure. and not just in industry it's also a function pivot for me so there are multiple kinds of genman roles strategy growth category etc and they require a similar set of skills so whatever i'm going to speak for my own business role or, or you can say a category role is also applicable to others but of course with some modifications you might run any business as an entrepreneur or as a senior level manager and it would have some similarities the first one would be that you would have to take ownership of what you do in other words you can say that you would have pnl responsibilities you got to be mindful of the scale and profit at the end and every action needs to optimize that pnl it has to be user first and benefit the firm right this might just seem simple but then ownership is the rarest trait and which is also why entrepreneurs with either successful or failed startups are very much regarded and considered for jobs in the startup world second you must also be managing a set of stakeholders be it clients employees vendors etc at a given point of time in my own firm i used to handle about 15 employees uh, be working on 30 to 40 projects at a time meeting and coordinating with senior professionals including cfos ceos from the client side then with uh, have a network of associates for outsourcing services or work whenever required and the list goes on and on a genman role specifically demands this trait and thus it should be highlighted third as a startup owner i was also responsible for the overall strategy of the business 
which service line to add, which client's data to focus on, etc., etc. So the skill, this skill is not only important here, but more so in strategy roles as well. Fourth, once you've decided on a strategy, we also have to focus on execution and growth. This implies deciding how to acquire a customer, what are the marketing strategies to implement, what kind of employees to hire, yeah, what kind of responsibilities to delegate, where to lease an office, how do you cross-sell services. Now, again, this is important for growth roles a lot. Then uh, last, you also want to talk about the actual operations of the projects that you worked on. Right. Now, I had worked in clients in, uh, with clients in D2C and e-commerce industry space. I'd also offered consultancy, which involved restructuring business models or launching business in, in India. So I prefer to highlight those, uh, you know, whichever side had more business angle to it and had more relation with the industry that I was targeting. I tried to customize my resume and make it, uh, you know, sort of workable and optimized for that particular industry that I'm applying to. Uh, and, and you may not have the same exact experience in that industry, that's fine. Just explain your experience in a simple manner that can be understood by somebody who's not coming from the, that particular industry and as much as business orientation as possible. Also, apart from me, it was not just my prior background of entrepreneurship, but also in a journey in ISB health because I was making a pivot. I needed to show inclination towards a specific industry, right? Uh, so case competition as well as Iguera helped me showcase both my interests as well as capabilities to the employer. Absolutely. And I think um, one, one thing which you just mentioned, which was signaling the intent to your, uh, to, to your potential recruiter, for that, you used case comps a lot and you are fondly known in our batch as the case comp serial winner as well. So how did you leverage these case competitions to make your pivot into this new industry and role? Sure. So when I started my PGP journey, I still wasn't sure whether I should be eliminating retail or D2C sector and other sectors and just focus on e-commerce. So, and I also wasn't sure whether I should be focusing on which function exactly, which role exactly. Yeah. So I chose case comps as a way to explore both functions and industries. Although the same can be achieved through case studies in different industries for classes or random research yourself also. But then I found that the prep for case comps was much more intense and competitive. So it served the purpose better. Once I was clear on which industry and function to target, I used case comps as a means to generate more knowledge and experience in that particular industry and function. Then in a case comp, you are competing with schools across the country. And in some cases across the world, you compete with the brightest minds within your school also. Many of those people would have the exact relevant background for that particular function or industry. Now, when you win these case competitions uh, and compete with those people, it acts as an indication that no matter your background, you could solve that problem better than most of the other participants. And it is very, very important as a signal, right? There cannot be a better way to present yourself than a problem solver in different industries, and especially the industry that you are targeting. Uh, again, last. A point in my case, I had won eight case comps at different levels. These were strategy, marketing, and entrepreneur, entrepreneurial case comps, and in different industries. So it also showed diversity in terms of application of knowledge in different areas. Yeah. 
All right, eight case comp wins under your belt is definitely a huge thing. But uh, along with just winning, you also must have participated in a lot of case comps to even reach that level of winning eight of them. Now, with the very rigorous academic life that is there for every MBA student, what are some of the ways that you balanced your case counts and your academics? So I think prioritization is the key here. Uh, of course, uh, I need to prioritize my case comps uh, for the love of uh, and love and thrill of uh, you know uh, the case comps that I used to get. So I would focus on them first, and then for acads, I would divide it into two parts: uh, the subjects that interested me and could add a lot of value versus the subjects that were of least interest to me. So subjects which interested me, I used to spend good amount of time there. I would go and study at length, even for even study the books that were recommended, uh, not just case cases or uh, the recommended uh, the slides and all, but I would also go and study the textbooks that were recommended. Then for the subjects which are of least interest to me, I would do the bare minimum, but I would make sure that I would do one thing across the year, even after placements or even for subjects that were of least interest to me, I would read the case, every case that was allotted and be very attentive as well as participative in class. When you are participative in class, it solves 90% of the issues, right? And you remember most of the stuff also for the exams. Second, I never cared about grades much. It didn't mean that I did not submit my group and individual assignments. I just did not read and improve them, revise them again and again. I just submitted them. I did not even go for revaluations, even when I could have added some more marks. So I saved time whenever I could and use them for case comps. And this may not be same for you. Uh, you may have to carve out your own journey. If you feel that ACADS and specifically some subjects are adding more value for your career trajectory or for your placement track, then make sure that you prioritize that. Absolutely. So when you're talking about like carving out your own journey, you used case comps as a tool to sort of pivot. And a lot of students do come into B-schools eager to participate in case comps for a multitude of reasons, one of which is, as you mentioned, signaling intent to your recruiter as well. So what would you give as sort of an advice to our listeners who also want to use the case comp to show their intent to a different domain? Sure. So first of all, I want to uh, you know, mention here that participation is most important. Participate with an intent to learn, explore, and not just win. I would give you my personal example. So I brought up discussions about my learnings from Mintra case form in both Misho's cover letter and interview. I did not win the Mintra case form, but it was the most relevant and deserved a mention in uh, both cover letter as well as interviews and in different uh, company interviews as well. So participation is most important. Make sure that you gain a lot of knowledge and Maybe you would have to bring it up or the interviewer brings it, brings it up and you discuss it at length and show your inclination. Okay. I think that that really gives a little bit of context to how the student can use that case comp, not just during a resume shortlist, but also as a conversation starter and driver in the interview process as well. So um, the next question would be the question that is a burning question on the minds of every MBA student when they talk to you. What are some of the tips or strategies that one can use to ace these case comps? Yeah, I think it has a very simple answer. And uh, I've been told that whenever I tell this, uh, it feels as if uh, I'm mincing words. And uh, But then it starts as follows. First, be honest. 
uh, a case is looking for a solution for its mass users, right? There's a problem and it has to address the problem for its mass users. You and your friends may not represent its mass users. A lot of people write the solution based on their own biases, or maybe they float a form just for the ISP community because this is easy, right? So have a user first mindset, speak to users. Users could be customers, could be retailers, could be wholesalers, speak to them, understand their viewpoint. Why not ask for, for solutions also from them? Seek or whatever solutions you come up with, just speak to them if they, that would work or not. Even if you think that the solution that you had figured out so far does not work, just pivot it out, move to another solution, but then go through this process it would be very enriching from learning point of view also and would also yield a answer which is both practicable and doable, right? The people who are sitting in the company which have given a case form, have, they have also access to all the McKinsey reports that you have expressed, right? They also know what their competitor is doing. And they also know, and they have also themselves published the articles about that company that you are reading, right? All of these three sources may not really work. What works is maybe you, you're better in terms of uh, the user savviness, the, the user first mindset, and use that to your strength and go out, speak to people, find out an answer that works. Even if it, it may not work, but if it's a unique solution, it would be appreciated. It has to be yours. It has to use your creativity and not uh, like a cookie cutter framework. Uh, which brings me to the second part of it. Keep it simple. I've never used a framework intentionally in any case form. I did whatever made sense at that point of time. Um, so frameworks, marketing jargons, etc. These are the stuff which I personally feel do not matter. Again, uh, in terms of presentation, I, I personally feel that uh, I, I don't like text-heavy slides. I prefer to use pictorial representation of ideas more. It's quick. And somebody who has to go through so many PPTs and judge, it's very easy for him to sort of look at your idea and make a conclusion uh, from the pictures or less text rather than looking at text every slides. Absolutely. So I think now that we've focused a little bit about the how you use case comms to signal and, you know, make that pivot, let's talk about the fact that you actually did make that pivot into the industry and function that you were looking for. So uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your role or the scope of work at Misho? Sure. Though I'm yet to move to the floor, but uh, based on my discussion with the team, I would be launching and growing multiple new categories at Misho. This would be a zero to one role, something that I've always aspired to do and I've done in the past as well. My other batchmates joining Misho uh, at the same role may have got a single bigger category, which is already on a growth path or is scaled already. So it, the role may not be exactly same for everyone. However, what is the same is that we would have complete ownership of those categories, both from supply and demand side. So at a Misho platform, from making sure that we have relevant suppliers there to relevant product assortment, to pricing, to marketing in that particular category would be all my responsibility. Yeah. My colleagues also suggest that it has got to do more about strategy and analytics than about operations. It's a very senior role uh, with a sizable and able team uh, to be, you know, working together. And at the end, I would have the penal responsibility of the categories that I am allocated. 
Okay, okay, that that uh, gives a lot of insight into what exactly the word category manager at Misho really talks about as the strategy analyst kind of role. So, in your opinion, what is the most important personality trait or strength that someone would need to work in this industry or to be perhaps successful in this industry? Sure. So, two of them. Majorly, one is analytical bend of mind is important for deciding the right strategy, and stakeholder management is important for executing that strategy. Okay, all right. So now that we know a little bit about how you made the pivot, what that role is about, that brings me to the next question for our listeners, which is how can students like us who are MBA students plan their roadmap for landing this these kind of business or genman roles? Sure. I would say carve your own journey. Uh, take some time to first of all explore your interests rather than jumping into what others are doing. Then, based on what your goal is, work backwards and figure out how you can show inclination or how you can prepare better for that particular role. It could be a case comp, it could be POR, it could be ELP, etc. But then you need to know which one is important, and only because you have limited time at ISB, you need to. Channelize your energies in the right direction. Speak to people from the industry and do listen to Richard's uh, podcast as well. They are very, very important. Thank you, thank you so much for that recommendation as well. Um, so, after the MBA student say has landed that role, what post MBA? What does a typical career path in this particular business role look like? Sure. Once you gain experience in a category role, you move to head of set of categories. and then gradually you would become a business head and you lead all the, those categories from the very beginning it's a very entrepreneurial role and therefore it should fast track into a cx role all right so shrek could you tell us a little bit about what was that one highlight or that one thing you did at isb that you are most proud of sure uh, it was a initiative that i took after day 0 of this and uh, i had i had received my offer letter at the end of day 0 and uh, i was free whereas there were a lot of batchmates uh, who had their day 1 which was about 5 days from day 0 so they were preparing and many of those batchmates had just now looking to pivot from one thing to another they could not convert the industry or the function that they were targeting in day 0 say product and then they were looking to quickly pivot into consulting because of the options left or they were looking to maybe level up their game in whatever industry they were targeting and make sure that they convert the right companies on day one so i saw that there were a lot of people who were seeking help and who had not got the right mock interview mapping uh, say if i was looking pivot into e-commerce industry i could not get any uh, interviewer who was from the same industry and, and was uh, asking the right questions in that direction so i figured that there were a lot of people who were seeking help and there were a lot of people who had just got the same role that was a dream role for the other batchmates right so uh, they so there was this disconnect a lot of people were offering help to their friends only uh, so i thought why not create a platform where i can mask these two together so i floated a form and i said whoever want to seek help just uh, you know mention your details and whosoever wants to help out also mention their details so details such as 
what was your previous industry or experience what is the role that you have just landed and then i started mapping them right and there was one period was that for helping somebody you had to not only ask normal case map questions you had to customize the cases and the interview questions for that other person so you would go prepared you would research say if somebody has a interview with lens card you would have to research about lens card create a case or a couple of cases about lens card ask the relevant questions and then discuss with that person also if somebody is just pivoting he cannot uh, you know learn all the frameworks spend 20 30 hours researching those frameworks learning those frameworks so the person who is helping out can also create a summary maybe in a couple of hours and help out your person in understanding those frameworks to be so i when we when those were mapped it was beautiful to see how people from different you know industries and people who did not know each other at campus or from different two campuses mohali and hyderabad they were helping each other level up their game quickly and in such a short turnaround time so this was i think a brilliant initiative that turned out well and this has no involvement from school cas or cac uh and 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 the sheer involvement is sheer uh, you know representation was remarkable uh, so about 120 people signed up for helping and about 60 people uh, sought help so uh, in a ratio of 2 is to 1 i i was also able to map the relevant people uh, because of the sheer you know size of the people who were looking to help so also speaks also shows the beauty of uh, you know tight knit network at isb so i think this is one initiative that i'm more, most proud of okay wow i think that idea is something that's more than just an initiative it seems to be a legacy that can be carried on for the future generations at isp as well and it would serve as a valuable resource for all mba students especially when you talk about reducing that turnaround time during that very already stressful placement week so i think you really helped students to actually prep to pivot on the ground in their placement week and i think that fits in very beautifully with the theme of our podcast and our conversation today all right all right um and my final question to you for the knowledge nugget segment would be what would be your advice to someone like me who is starting out on their mba and is looking to explore different business roles sure so my advice would be to be sure of what you and where you want to land read a lot about that space and then prepare confident also when it comes to applying to companies be very very confident and apply to companies that align with your goals companies or industries or functions that align with your goals you would always have the option of applying off campus so be confident and and prepare and apply to things that align with your goals okay all right so uh, with that i think we come to the end of the knowledge nugget segment and uh, the final part of the podcast would be a uh, five quick rapid fire questions so if you are ready for that uh, let me know and i'll start with the questions sure sure bring it on all right sure bring it on so the first question is if you had to write a book tomorrow what would you write about i would write about my entrepreneurial journey and uh, things that worked things that didn't work but then we kept going so i would write about that journey all right what's one lesson that your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life so coming from a consulting background or an advisory background i would say that 
uh, we are faced with new problems every now and then, and we have to figure out solutions innovatively. So sometimes having a vast amount of experience may not help, but then always thinking that it's day one and you have to innovate, find a new solution, creative solution works much better. And so you have to be confident and keep working on bringing new solutions to them. That's really insightful. And the next question is, what is your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs? Sure, I feel that uh, hiring and working with great people uh, who take ownership of the work and then decentralizing the work, delegating the work makes you, you know, work on more interesting areas. All right. So in your introduction, you mentioned that you're into adventure sports. So my question would be, what is your favorite trip or experience where you've played an adventure sport? If you could tell us about it. Sure. So uh, it was recently when we went to Sri Lanka, uh, you know, it was a trip with ISB post placement. And uh, yeah, I did not know swimming, but then I had always wanted to do scuba diving. And uh, there I attended attempted scuba diving for the first time and uh, yeah it was uh, it was really very interesting and and a once in a lifetime kind of experience for me okay wow um all right and my final question to you would be what is one question that you wish that i would have asked you today and how would you have answered it i feel that uh, in terms of I've, i mentioned that you can read certain stuff to get to know about these industries. So I hoped that you could ask me about which is the favorite book or which is the favorite resource from which to get those insights. Right? For me, during the year, it was the Ken. But then in hindsight, I also realized that for, uh, for getting an industry knowledge and getting practical knowledge, reading books such as I read uh, The Big Billion Store by Mehir Dalal recently, and it was the story of Flipkart. gives you an end-to-end deep perspective about how a company like Flipkart started and scaled. So rather than reading, uh, you know, so many cases or reading articles on the industry, reading a book like this gives you deep insights and in a very, very quick manner. Yeah, I think that's an absolute goldmine of information that you just shared with our listeners. And I, for one, will definitely check this book out. And uh, with that, we come to the end of our podcast today. And I just want to say a big thank you to you for coming and sharing your insights and experience with our audience. And I'm sure they'll have a lot to take away from our conversation as well. Thank you. Thank you, Ruchira. I am glad that I could help. And I would be available for any questions or any doubts that the listener would have. And they can always reach out to me on the LinkedIn. Absolutely. I'll be sure to share your LinkedIn um, profile as well in the description. So thank you so much for coming today. Thank you.